Hey, group, this is the Son of Gore, and you're listening to the Secret Lair Drive-In. <laughs> Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. あれは大怪獣の猛威。ゴジラか。ヨーランテか。果たして人類は生き残れるのか。ヨーランテかゴジラを感じてるわ。ゴジラ映画史上空前のスーパーバトル。ヨーランテが進化して。Well, hello there, and welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub. And across the table from me is my cohort in crime, my co-host, Stratosphere. Hi, kids. And I almost forgot to say, Faithful Acolyte. But anyway, before we get into the gem for this week, we're going to toss out our contact information. 
So that way, if you'd like to suggest a movie, comment on a movie, uh, tell us how great we are, tell us what idiots we are. This is how you do it. And they can do that by typing in the letter secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. Very nice. And aren't, aren't second takes wonderful? <laughs> we have a story to share with you for a minute. <laughs> um, and if you're out there, go on iTunes, subscribe. Go on your Windows phone or from your Windows 8 machine, subscribe. Go on Beyond Pod for your Android device. Subscribe. subscribe Sunday 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 Sorry sorry Add us to your favorite share us Let the world know about the Secret Lair Drive In and our sister cast Geeks Explain It All. That's right, let your geek flag flop. And with Remember that, when you walk with us, you walk tall. <laughs> That's right, everybody else walks in the walks in the street, I stand on the curb, so I'm standing above them slightly. Well, just remember, there are those who lead, those who follow, and those of us that watch the parade go by. Well, and just remember, if you're not the lead, unless you're the lead dog, view never changes. I understand. Okay. So what is this week's cinematic masterpiece? Okay, well, we're going to be delving a little bit deeper into uh, the Big G himself, his mythology. We're going to be looking and analyzing the 1989 Classic Godzilla versus Biolante. And this would be the first of the sequels after Godzilla <clears throat> 1984, 1985 slash Godzilla Returns. Okay. Uh, and when they made this film, they actually had decided they did not want to use an established monster. They had a contest to see who. Uh, Basically, to design the monster, they had like okay. five thousand entries, and honest to goodness, I can't. I read it this morning, but I can't remember who. I want to say it was a dentist. Does that sound right? Sounds about right. Yeah, they came up with came up with Biolante. So, so somebody who specializes in pain came up with this movie. Basically, I'm not saying there's a connection, but you know, <laughs> it would be tenuous at best. Okay. He chose poorly. <laughs> so anyway, the best anyway. the best place to start with these would be the, the plot. plot. Okay, in 1985, a scientific team picks through the ruins of Tokyo searching for tissue samples left behind by Gojira. And that would be in the aforementioned 1984-1985 guys of returns. US troops working for the genetic engineering company Biomajor and yeah, you know, bio major. Lord help me from bio majors. They're as bad as astrophysics department. I posted something on YouTube. Don't even remember what it was right now. But there's a lot of um, studious types in the apartments that I work in. Mm-hmm. Lord help me from the intellectuals. Something that you or I would take for granted is just ridiculously simple. Yes. He did something really dumb and then follows it up with, oh, yeah, I'm with the, oh, I remember what it was now. He went away on a work trip for about two weeks. Okay. Right before we had that deep, deep freeze. Right. He shut his furnace off in his apartment. Oh, you're kidding. We had uh, blown pipes, blown <laughs> 
blown faucets. Wow. It was just a huge, huge mess. And then he said, um, my supervisor who was up there just kind of checking on the progress. Right. He says, uh, he starts talking to the guys like, you know, you have to leave your stuff on. So, well, I was out of town, you know, mm-hmm. I was working in a mine. So a mine, you mean like a gold mine or something? I said, no, I, I'm with the astrophysics department at Case Western Reserve University. Now, okay, if you're an astrophysicist, don't you think some basic sciences probably come before astrophysics? Trust them, baby. <coughs> you know, simple <laughs> things like water expands when it freezes. Trust them, baby. <coughs> Sorry. But anyway. Anywho. Biomajor. Biomajor. They attempt to escape with a sample, but they are dispatched by a lone mercenary who steals the sample. And I, during the course of this thing, I mean, he's driving like this 80s car, and he looks like some... That, 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 that's a problem from this era of kaiju, because they try... I remember we had the same problem in uh, Godzilla vs. Megalon. They're trying to do, like, this this bullet-style, uh, you know, car chase scene, and it's like you got this little... little. You're basically chasing him in My Mother the Car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, it's I, I, it looks like... Uh, some kind of a Mazda sports car or something. But the guy looks like something out of central casting for a Middle Eastern terrorist. Dark glasses, the gloves, you know. Yeah, it's it, it pretty much... Uh, maybe he works for the guillotine, guillotine gang. Guillotine gang? Uh, Johnny Sacco. They all dress like that. Oh, guillotine... Th- or no, no, the, the gargoyle gang. My bad. Yeah, it was Emperor Guillotine. Emperor Guillotine, yeah, okay. okay. Anywho... So, meanwhile, in the Middle East, researcher Jenshiro Shiragami looks forward to returning to Japan with his daughter, Erika. I love when they have these, like, you know, American names kind of, like, thrown in, like, kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. However, a terrorist bombing destroys his research facility and kills Erika, which, that kind of surprised me because she, she was actually pretty cute, and I... I, I immediately thought she was going to be like the the female lead, and here she she gets blown up. So, thought that was kind of weird. Well, she does kind of play a part in the rest of the thing. We'll get to that. Five years later, Shiragami is now a haunted man studying the psychic energy of roses. I'm going to read that again. Five years later, Shiragami is now a haunted man studying the psychic energy of roses. <laughs> My yeah. brain hurts. Uh, <laughs> right. Psychic Mickey Sagusa. Okay, I'm going to go on my rant now. This is the rant first number one for those of you keeping score at home. Actually, it's number two. Oh, that's astrophysics. True. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is the first appearance of Mickey Sagusa, and she shows up in quite a few films because I know she's, I know she's in Space Godzilla. I don't think she was in Destroya, but that's like four or five films or something like that. Okay. And, oh my, it just, I'm not, people seem to really like this character, but she doesn't really do anything for me. I don't really feel that she uh, drives the plot forward. How's that? Well, <clears throat> my my take on it is she reminds me an awful lot of Counselor Troy from Star Trek Next Generation. It's like she's marginally cute looking, but she basically comes on camera, 
says how she feels or what she feels. Or I sense Godzilla. I sense Godzilla. It's like, oh. Oh, don't hurt him. Let me see. He's going to kill three million people, but don't hurt him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, then then it's like, okay, now she goes back to the sideline. Meanwhile, back in Japan. Uh, but she heads an institution for intuitive children uh, and aids uh, Shirogami in his research. Two groups are watching Shirogami, a gang of thieves hired by Biomajor and an assassin from a Middle East Middle Eastern country called Saradia. And that would be this, the guy we described earlier, okay. Central Casting, who never takes off his sunglasses. Yes. He's running through a damn tunnel underground. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he still has the glasses on. You can almost hear Corey Hart playing in the background. Well, yeah, but they had this like weird 80s kind of guitar going. Oh, there were there was a ton of like like generic eighties music playing throughout this thing. Oh well I somewhere in all my stuff. Well this is more like do 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 Yeah, yeah. It I'll see if I can find that in my stack of stuff and play it at the end. Yeah, it was it was basically just generic eighties chase music is kind of the best way to describe it. As it turns out, Shirogami is involved in the study of Godzilla cells. It is believed by Shirogami's employers that he is aiding them. It is believed by Shirogami's employers that he is aiding them in figuring out how to utilize the cell's properties to create anti-nuclear energy bacteria, radiation-devouring bacteria meant to be used as a fatal weapon against Godzilla. Why not? Uh, I, actually, I've heard of that type of thing in in real life. I think there was actually. Uh, well, I know they're coming up with bacteria that would be very specialized, like uh, this one might eat up oil spills or that sort of thing. Uh, I've actually heard, heard <clears throat> excuse me, I've heard of talk of uh, certain certain en- enzymes and certain things that would be highly highly resistant to radiation that would help with uh, you know taking care of half life. So, and this has only been developed in, like in the last. 10 to 12 years, so considering this thing came out in 89, it actually kind of... Uh, actually, it it was it came out... I want to... Well, no, I was thinking it might have been released earlier even than that, but it wasn't, it wasn't released here in 89 because it kind of went direct to video. There were a number of um, rights problems. It was released straight to video in the U.S. in November of 92, yeah, okay. So that but but the point of even at 92 that's yeah, still that's, kind of prescient of, of it's kind of far uh, yeah. far seeing. Um when the thieves and the assassin catch each other breaking into Shiragami's lab, a gunfight ensues. A giant mobile plant kills one of the thieves. And basically it looks like like the the tentacle thing from Evil Dead. It's kind of what it reminds me of. I'll have to uh go with your judgment on that. Okay. Um his partner flees, and the assassin barely escapes from the plant's grasp. They do not realize that they have just encountered the result of Shiragami's secret experimentations. The next morning, the giant flower is seen in a nearby lake, and Shiragami confesses that he combined the DNA of roses with some extracted from Godzilla's cells. Okay, now there's this giant plant thing it, it, in the middle of a lake. Yeah. Okay. It's about as big as Godzilla. It looks kind of like Swamp Thing, but with the head of a rose. I'm surprised it wasn't completely surrounded by military, other yeah. scientists, something. 
Yeah, just just smoke or dry ice is basically all all that's yeah, surrounding you the think, damn thing. You know, something like that. You would think that. Uh, well, damn. I don't know. I, it's like you got this small little crowd, and they're all just pointing, like, "Oh, wow!" Just just seem mildly surprised. I'd be like, "Crap!" Well, exactly. Check this, it thing, out. this thing's like a hundred freaking feet tall. Well, exactly. <laughs> Check it out. You know. Um. He also confesses that he had, in a fit of grief-driven madness, added Erica's DNA to the genetic com- composite, so that technically the creature is partially human as well. He names his creation Biolante. Well, sure, why not Biolante? Sure. It sounds better than big frickin' rose thing. Yeah, the de- the deadly rose. <laughs> then if it fights with someone else, it'd be the War of the Rose. Is. Meanwhile, Biomajor anonymously sends a letter to the... I think it's pronounced Diet... It looks like the word diet, so if, if we have any uh, Asian listeners who are now laughing that I'm mispronouncing it, I do apologize, but I think it's called the Diet of Japan, which is sort of their version of Parliament, informing them that they have planted several bombs inside inside Mount Mahara. Yeah, and isn't the trigger end up being inside of a truck or something? Something like that. If the anti-nuclear energy bacteria is not handed over... The company threatens to detonate the bombs and release Godzilla from his prison. With the country held hostage, the Diet is forced to comply. The trade-off with the remaining thief goes well until he is killed by the assassin. The thief dies before he can deactivate the timed explosives. Godzilla is released as Mount Mihara is destroyed. Upon hearing Godzilla's roar, Biolante's Blossom opens... I'm not touching that one. And the monstrous plant begins calling out to Godzilla. And it's got this kind of, I don't know, what would you call it, like whale song type of... Ah, it's got to be something like that. It's, it's like, just sort of... <laughs> it, it, it's supposed to sound fierce, and it kind of epically fails. Um, Shiragami theorizes that this is because Biolante is partially con- composed of Godzilla's DNA. You think? Yeah. That's why he's a research scientist. With Godzilla's destination made clear, the Japan Self-Defense Force, also known as the Japanese you know, army or, or military, under the leadership of Colonel Sho Koruki... Who immediately apologizes for being young. But yep. he does something that's very badass in this movie, i got to admit. Okay. Uh, they prepare their strategies for dealing with the King of the Monsters. The Super X-2... A remote-controlled and stronger version of the first Super X is deployed, and though it first seems effective at combating Godzilla, it is eventually overwhelmed by Godzilla's nuclear breath and forced to retreat. Yeah, it has like this little mirror thing that just keeps bouncing, bouncing back. Mm-hmm. Godzilla finally re- reaches Biolante. A huge battle ensues, and briefly it appears that there is a stalemate. However, Godzilla defeats Biollante with his atomic breath. With Biollante apparently dead, Godzilla continues on. Godzilla, running low on radioactive energy after the previous battles, heads toward the nearest operational nuclear reactor in Tsuruga. The The military is sent out to meet Godzilla at Ise Bay? Ise Bay? Mm, Whatever. Godzilla instead surfaces in Osaka Bay. Sounds like I'm talking pig Latin, doesn't it? Osaka Ixnay Bay. on the Osaka Bay. 
<laughs> Sorry, kids. Uh, avoiding a confrontation with the Japanese military. Saigusa tries to help in her way, uh, attempting to make Godzilla turn away from Osaka. Her efforts distract Godzilla momentarily, but the force of Godzilla's will and his psychic brain power overwhelms her and causes her to faint. So, oh heavens, what will we do now? Yeah, it's not like she's going to make him do anything. Um, A plan is put into action involving infecting Godzilla with the regained anti-nuclear energy bacteria. In its final battle, the Super X-2 is destroyed by Godzilla after luring it into Osaka's business district. Yeah, now, if I remember right, when during the first battle, the uh, Super X-2, mm-hmm. those mirrors somehow got warped on the uh, oh, okay. thing just because of the atomic breath. So it went into battle damaged the oh, second time. Okay. Uh, Colonel Gondo... And and his gondoliers, <laughs> sorry. And, hey, and, gondoliers! No, let's not get into uh, Captain Laserbeam. Um, <laughs> and his soldiers use rocket launchers equipped with the bacteria. The operation is initially successful, despite the death of Lieutenant Gondo. I thought he was Colonel, or is that the son? I don't know. Well, the Colonel is the is kind of a young guy, so he couldn't have been the uh, yeah. son. I don't know. Okay. With bacteria injected into Godzilla into three points in his body, Godzilla is seemingly unaffected by it and continues on. The failure of the, of the bacteria is attributed to Godzilla's low body temperature, which keeps the bacteria in a near dormant state. Which, okay, hang on. He's they have stated. It's a reptile. I'll, I'll buy it. Well, they stated at one point, though, that maybe this was in a later movie, but the fact that his body is basically like a nuclear reactor. Well, that is true. I mean, I, I, I mean, the atomic breath's got to come from somewhere. Exactly. You think the first time he shot it off, it would raise his temperature some? Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, I, I'll agree. Well, I mean, think about it. God, his his. That's why he's so impervious to most everything, just to just to contain all that. Well, sure. Plus, um, let me see. Two movies down the road, they have a little bit of an explanation for some of that. Okay. Or two movies down the road that we're reviewing, not two movies down the road in this series. Okay. All right. Confused yet? Is everybody quite clear on that? Yes, good. Okay, moving on. The failure of the bacteria is attributed to his low body temperature, which keeps... Okay, blah, blah, blah. I said all that. If Godzilla is heated up somehow... Shirogami theorizes, then the bacteria should work. The Japanese military develop yet another plan. Boy, they're really good at coming up with plans. And and building stuff quick. Yes. Force Godzilla onto a field of microwave-emitting plates during an artificial (laughs) thunderstorm will be heated by the microwaves. The operation begins, but it seems that Godzilla is not affected by the microwaves as he crushes them. Just as everything seems lost, a low rumble is heard and Biolante spores rain down from the sky. Suddenly, a larger, more Godzilla-like Biolante emerges from the ground. Or as I like to call it, the Muppet Biolante. Because <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, that's just what it looked like to me, like a big Muppet. Biolante, we make your dreams come true. Why are there so many songs about kaiju? <laughs> 
Anyway. Press on. Press on. Uh, suddenly, okay, after destroying all nearby land forces, Biollante attacks Godzilla and the two monsters fight to the death, with Godzilla beginning to lose. At the last minute, Godzilla blasts his atomic breath into Biollante's mouth. However, Godzilla falls headfirst into the ocean, with Godzilla temporarily knocked out, and injured Biollante dissolves into spores that fly upwards into space. As the monster's remains float upward, Shiragami sees the image of his daughter among the spores. Calling out to her, he walks forward and is killed by the Saradian agent who is still after Godzilla's cells. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that guy again. Oh, my God. Godzilla is dying and there, therefore will be unable to escape when the terrorist tries to get the cell. Kirishima chases the agent and fights him. The agent is at a disadvantage until he is able to grab his weapon again and attempts to kill Kirishima. However, Colonel Karuki disintegrates the terrorists. The characters celebrate their victory when Godzilla returns from the seawaters. All right, that scene where the the terrorist is there and he's just about to shoot and then he just vaporizes, mm -hmm. that's the badass moment because then they cut back to the control room yeah. and they show the colonel taking his finger off the button. Ah, okay. He basically just zapped him. Cool. I, I need one of those buttons. Really do. Um, the body of Shiragami is placed inside a tent with his superior briefly mourning him before leaving. Erica's voice is heard to comment on the events of the film. Godzilla wades out to sea and Biollante once again a giant rose orbits Earth. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um... <laughs> I gotta say, um, okay, when I, I basically kind of read a brief description of what the thing was about before I watched it, and I really wasn't looking forward to watching it, like, at all, but it's Godzilla, it's gotta be some, some redeeming qualities, and I gotta say, um, uh, the brawling was okay, I'd give the brawling, like, a, a C plus, you know, it it, yeah. it, it, it it was trying, it wasn't succeeding a lot, but it was trying. There were try. There were times where it was very trying. No, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it looked like they were. I mean, I'll give them credit that they're they're at least trying to come up with new monsters. This just kind of failed on a lot of levels. It it did. I mean, at least it was new Godzilla. It just. I mean, it was okay. It's not probably not something I'm going to go back and revisit anytime soon. Uh. Uh, putting all my cards on the table, the only reason I picked this one to review is that my, my lovely and gracious wife actually got it for me for Christmas. So I was like, okay, that, that, oh, got well, to respect that. After we do the uh, the ratings, there's actually a little bit of uh, Godzilla video news coming up. Oh, excellent. Um, so anyway, you got any other final thoughts on this? Um, like you said, I, I kind of built it up in my mind that this was really going to suck, and it only sucked a little no place to go but up, huh? Uh, remember the 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 optimist is never uh, pleasantly surprised, and oh. and the the true pessimist is never really disappointed. So you know, go with that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, but I will I will agree. It's not something that I'm I'm going to be putting on on a regular yeah. basis. But you know, thinking about it, you know, you can take something like Godzilla versus Megalon, right? It's almost like a palate cleanser because it's stupid, but it's stupid fun. 
I think I think the real problem here is it tried to do too much. It tried to do too much, and uh, just to pounce on something you just said, um, there wasn't that much of a sense of fun about this one, so I think that's its real downfall. I thought the effects were actually pretty credible. Again, they're trying to come up with uh, new kaiju to fight. I'm always, I'm, even if even if the monster itself is a complete failure, just the fact that they're trying to do something. But this this had such a uh, environmental thing kind of uh, hanging over it. It it really wasn't much good fun. That's a, I think that's a pretty good analogy. So well, I don't really have anything else to add. So why don't we rate this sucker? Um, I'll go with uh, craptastic. I'd have to agree. You know, yeah, it was, was okay. It wasn't fantastic. It it wasn't. It like I said, it wasn't bloody awful it, it it wasn't like oh my god i can't unsee that now but uh i don't think i've ever seen anything uh i mean even godzilla raids again you know we found at least a couple good things to say about yeah yeah so got to look at it from that perspective if it's the big g you know you, you, it's never a complete failure okay and now on to video news now, there's a new company out there that's actually going to be releasing three Godzilla movies on DVD. And that ticking is the dog in the background. He's She's doing Morse code. <laughs> but the three movies are going to be Godzilla vs. Hidora, or the small monster, Godzilla vs. Gigan, and one that I'm actually kind of excited about because I don't have a clean copy of it that'd be godzilla versus a sea monster ah yes but the really exciting thing kind of queuing in with um godzilla 2014 okay universal is releasing king kong versus godzilla in a good version okay along with king kong escapes all right well i can vision this under your christmas tree okay um i know you were you're not really enamored with uh with King Kong Escapes, but, you know, it goes back to what I said about uh, Megalon. Stupid, goofy fun. Yeah, I, I would say so. Def- definitely uh, worth checking out. Yep, okay. So, tell me, what's our film for next time? Our film for next time is, um, well, I'm, I'm not one to advocate drugs, but you, you, you may want to... We may want to rethink that policy for uh, seeing this one. This is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen in my life. Uh, it's, um, I forget what year, I believe it was 78. Um, yeah, 78. Uh, Star Crash, with starring the ever-lovely Carolyn Monroe. <laughs> and uh, it's, let's see who else has got It's got the Hasselhoff. It's got the Hoff. Got the Hoff. Uh, Christopher Plummer, and um, a, a male a male hick robot named L. <laughs> oh, and you weren't even. Well, we'll get into that when we yeah when we do the episode. So once again, secretlayerpodcast at gmail dot com. And so until next time, dear listeners, this is D Dub and Stratosphere. Saying, go watch a B movie. And why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. 
Bye, kids. Later, folks. Hey, group, don't take off just yet. It's time for Joe's Corner. After recently picking up this film on Blu-ray, I was really excited to sit through it again. I'd only seen this one on VHS, and it had been quite a while since I saw it. I remember really liking it, especially Biolante in all her forms. I also remember the fight scenes being a lot of fun. That's where my fondness ended, however, after viewing it in this new release. Godzilla vs. Biolante suffers from what a lot of the previous Godzilla films also suffer from. The film gets really talky, especially right in the beginning. It also has a number of subplots that kind of get lost as you go along. found myself not caring about any of these, and really wanted to get to the fights. That said, I really like the fight scenes in this one. I think Biolante is one of Godzilla's more interesting foes. She, that's right, another female monster, changes forms, and that makes for some interesting battles. Another interesting point I found was that it seemed to me as if the film set Godzilla up as the villain. The final battle with Biolante in her final form is exciting, and I love how huge she was made out to be in comparison to the Big G. Biolante is one of my favorite of the Godzilla foes. It's not just one of my favorite of the God of the Godzilla films, if that makes any kind of sense. As far as Godzilla goes, honestly, I think he never looked better, well, up until now. Godzilla has a sleek new look and is made out to be more ferocious, and I really like that. The miniature rate is the miniature work is first rate in this film. They really seem to have pulled out all the stops to give us huge explosions and FX galore. There's a really great sea battle with Godzilla and the Japanese warships that takes place in a nighttime sea storm, rainstorm, sorry. That's great. This being a direct sequel to Godzilla 1985 or 1984, there are a number of there are a lot of references to the previous film. In fact, the opening scene takes place as the cleanup from Godzilla's rampage from the end of the previous film. Great scene to look out for. A little bit into the film, we find two of our characters in the Godzilla Lounge, as seen above through a footprint of Godzilla that's been turned into a skylight window. In that same scene, there's also a plaque on the wall commemorating Godzilla's rampage. Still trying to figure that one out. As far as actors go, all I can say is we get Megumi Odaka as Mickey Saragusa, Sagusa, who will show up in a number of the Heisei series, 1984 to 1995. But of course, she's no, wait for it, Kumi Mizuno. This film has a lot going for it. It really does. And I do like it. I just wish... Actually, I'm not sure what I wish for. I do know this. It seems as though the production was really trying to give us a serious plot in this one. There seems to be a serious tone throughout the film. I also know this. When I watched this just recently, it brought me back to a time when I was a kid and watched Godzilla films on the Saturday afternoon movies and really didn't pay much attention to what was going on until the monsters fought. Then I watched. And that's kind of what's going on here. As I type this, I find myself thinking about that last couple of sentences. Don't misunderstand. The plot has holes and can get kind of boring, but it's not terrible. The human drama is good, but just not all that interesting. What we get is in my humble opinion, some really great Godzilla action. This film really filled the void that wasn't filled in 1985 as Godzilla had no foe to tangle with. The Super X does not count as a, as a Godzilla foe. 
I guess when it comes down to this, great film if you're into Godzilla action and cool fight scenes and special effects. Keep in mind, this film is loaded with practical effects. A lot of films just don't do that anymore. Possibly another reason to check this film out. I also mentioned before my love for the Godzilla and Toho films and will always come at these with a bit of a bias. Sorry, can't help it. If you're a Godzilla fan, it goes without saying this is a must-see. I just don't think it would be one I'd ask a non-fan, and there are a lot of them to sit through. I give this film high marks for looking so good. Sometimes that's good enough for me, especially in a Godzilla phone. Uh, film? <laughs> Thanks. Joe Iden, Godzilla fan. Well, thank you, Joe. That was Joe's Corner for this episode. And now, for D-Dub, Stratosphere, and Joe... We're going to have to come up with a cool nickname for him. Go watch a B-movie. And why? Because they're not going to watch themselves. Later, folks. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.